Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. You can't teach an old dummy new tricks. Amy's ventriloquist dummy, Dennis, keeps losing his head. For real. So Amy begs her family for a new dummy. That's when her dad finds Slappy at a local pawn shop. Slappy's kind of ugly, but Amy's having fun practicing her new routine. Then horrible things start happening. Horrible, nasty things. Just like what happened the first time. Because there's something odd about Slappy. Something not quite right. Something evil. The Blue Collar Comedy Tour Rides Again is pleased to welcome to the stage Slappy the Dummy Guy. If you've got someone's hand shoved up your rear, you might just be a dummy. Well, I might be a dummy then. Oh, I'm a dummy every Saturday. Every Saturday. Hey, that's between you and Saturday. Goosebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. My name is Jojo, and I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I have... I don't know if I went over this the first time we did a dummy book, but I have an intimate fear of ventriloquist dummies. I remember what happened. You said your grandma one time was a bad grandma. Yeah. And she brought you a a ventriloquist dummy, and you screamed bloody murder when you saw it, and your family called you a coward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was what's? But wait, but here's the thing. And Jeff, this is... Here's where I'm surprised, right? I didn't remember that. I made it up just now. <laughs> well, it's about accurate because who else? Okay. Like, if you say, like, if you say you're afraid of dummies, there's like. There's one story. Th- there's like two ways that goes. The first way is bad gift. The second way is trapped in dummy place. Like place <laughs> yes, where dummies with are. dummy. I'm just trying to imagine like going to hang out at someone's house for the first time and then like walking in a room and just seeing a ventriloquist dummy. And I don't know. What my that feeling. is absolutely a <laughs> that's a red flag. Yes. So this is I think this is tough, right? Because like if you're if you're dating. OK, this is the hard part. Let's say that like you're a perfectly normal person, except you have this weird kink, which is you love you're a ventriloquist. <laughs> that's oh, your kink. Of course. So. And I'm going to call it a kink because there seems to be shame associated with it because I don't know many of them. Yeah. So um, let's say you're on the one of them, Bumble, we'll say. Yeah. Okay, sure. It would be Tinder because it's for dummies. (laughs) Oh, shit. Wow, Jeff. (laughs) You're working on your tight five for the comedy store, I see. Yeah. Who's the more dangerous predator? The person who has photos of themselves up with adventure ghost on a dating website, or the person who doesn't yet agrees to go on a date <laughs> with the person. Second person. Who obviously is a ventriloquist. Second, Second person. Because the thing is, if they're hiding this. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, listen. I brought you into my home where I keep my father's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> they live in the And dummy. you brought this evil in with you. How can I trust anything you say? First person's being honest. Second person is full of lies and deceit. Imagine the first person, they go on the date and the, they, they're like out at a nice dinner and they show up, the, the second person shows up and they're like, wait, where's the, 
You didn't bring the where's, where's the, dummy? Where's your friend? Where's your friend? I was so and excited go, to see your friend. What what dummy? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't have a dummy. What are you talking about? Or you know what's you know what's really good? You know what's really good? You go over to their house for the first time and the dummy is sitting in a chair waiting for you. Yes. And then and then that you they walk up to the dummy and they're like, Hey, where's where's uh where's Where's, where's Janae? And the dummy's like, as it turns out, Janae was the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Night of the Living Dummy 4. Yes. So we read Night of the Living Dummy. What number is this? This is, it, this is two. Goosebumps number 31. Number 31. Also, we say this at the end as well. I already know because of time travel. Also, happy anniversary. Oh, shit. Happy anniversary. We've done a Happy anniversary, y'all. A full ass year. All right. So today on Geesebumps, JoJo is going to be doing the synopsis of Night of the Living Dummy Part Two. Also known as Night of the Living Night of the Living Dummy Again. Rides Again. Yeah. <laughs> Night of the Living Dummy Remake. Uh, yeah. Retcon. Reskinned. Reskinned. <laughs> Wes Craven's new dummy. <laughs> I would watch that. All right, so two minutes on the clock. Are you ready? <clears throat> I think so. Are you steady? I think so. All right, on your mark, get set, read. Amy is, a, I believe, a middle child as a part of a fairly large family. She has a sister named Sarah, who's a little older than she is. She has a younger brother named Jed, and she has her two parents and a cat named George. Uh, she lives in a small house. And the thing that we know about Amy at the very start is that her and her family have this thing on Thursday where they basically do some kind of a fucked-up talent show. <laughs> so every one of the kids like does something to kind of prove that they're cool. Amy is known for telling really good stories, and also she is a ventriloquist. Um, however, her ability to do that... Um, she feels is inadequate because her dummy sucks and Sarah is just a much better painter and Jed is just, I don't remember what his talent is. I think he's just funny, <laughs> he's just but asshole. he's better than her. He's just, a, just an asshole. Just a, um, so uh, she complains to her dad, hey, could you get me a better dummy? And he's like, nah, they're expensive. Also, dummies are stupid. Um, and so what And so what happens is um, the next day, her dad brings her a dummy that he was able to find uh, for on the cheap and it is, of course, the titular slappy. She looks at it, she thinks it's awesome. She sticks her hand in it. Turns out there's a moldy sandwich in there. She thought it was his brain. Classic R.L. Stein and the chapter goof. Uh, so she has the dummy. She starts practicing with it. And what seems to be happening is when she isn't, she, she sees what she thinks is the dummy doing shit. And every so often she'll look away and the dummy will do some shit. So like one night it destroyed all of Sarah's paints. One night it uh, graffitied the walls. She got a gig performing with the dummy at like a discovery zone. And when she went there, the dummy attacked someone and she ran home. Um, and it just kind of keeps escalating. And their parents are basically thinking like, you are bonkers. We were going to send you to therapy until finally Sarah admits like, I think your dummy is real. We're going to catch it. So they come up with this elaborate mousetrap plan to catch it where Jed comes out <laughs> dressed as uh, Dennis and then uh, knocks Slappy out, which is what they do. However, what they come to find out is that uh, Jed forgot the plan and it was actually Dennis what did Dennis. save Dennis the, the first dummy, yeah. the dummies. Yeah. Uh, you have 10 seconds left. Trans rights are human rights. <laughs> it's right. Amen. Vaccinations are safe and effective. Vaccinations, vaccines are safe and effective. Trans rights are human rights. Drink more water. Yeah. And that's two seconds, one second, and good job. We did it, everybody. God, did there's, it. Did it. there are so many things that I have. I mean, for sandwich in his head. There's a sandwich in his head. So this this book, it, it kind of tries to act like the, pre, the, the... You don't even need to read the previous book. No. The previous book is not important. This book has no... Actually, I think if you had read the previous book, this makes this a lesser experience. For sure. I gotta say, yeah. yeah. I actually think even the name makes it worse. Yes. I... 
I because there's so it basically okay. So we read there, go back into the archives for Geese Bumps and we read um, Night of the Living Dummy, the first one. And the one thing that we were surprised by is that Slappy is not the star. Slappy doesn't do shit. Sla- Slappy's not the main character no, of Night of the Living Dummy. He barely Dummy. does anything. He is present but does nothing. Mr. Wood is the main character, is the one that's doing all the shenanigans. And then at yeah. the end, it's like Slappy's alive. So I was like, oh, sweet. Now we're going to, now it's picking up Slappy's story. But instead, it kind of just starts with Slappy being integrated. And there's no connection to the previous book. Nope. So no. it, it really is sort of like R.L. Stein created the first book was like Mr. Wood, and then he was like Slappy's a way better name. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how they made like the Conjuring movie, mm-hmm. and you watch that, and it has like all this fucking like world building that like there's a ghost mm-hmm. hunting society mm-hmm. and shit, and then like the sequel is like Annabelle and you're like, <laughs> what? I guess this is the same thing, but it has nothing to do with what I just watched. So what the fuck is this? Yeah. It's not even radically different. Uh, Danielle and I both thought that this book has, this book has a lot of the same trappings obviously as the first book. But I mean, when you got a ventriloquist as your like antagonist, I get it. You can only do so much with it. You can only do so much with it. And I think what's, what's key here is like, I guess we're just kind of like shooting the shit about this book because we haven't gotten into specific things yet. But like, well, the, we're we're gonna have an explanation from a special guest. But I yeah, want us to. Well, we're interesting. I'm excited to hear it. But um, <laughs> what's weird about this book is I think like if you compare the two, it's almost like in the first book, it, it's almost like it's it's so fucked up. It's like the characters. It's almost like the same themes. Like it's it's the exact same shit. Yeah. Yep. But like. It's almost like in this version, it's like a, it's like the later draft of Night of the Living Dummy One. And what's weird yes. is like, you can see that R.L. Stein, he's there's something in this idea he really, really likes, and it's not just that it's a fucking dummy that says stupid jokes. Yeah. Right. There's something in here, but like. It it fails spectacularly. He's reaching for something. What it is, we don't know. There's, I, I think I have, a, I got a take on it, but like, yeah, it's, it definitely doesn't land. It, he, well, because it's also like the previous book, and instead of workshopping ideas, so I, I, it comes down to the uh, the thread of how dangerous is a ventriloquist dummy? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the ancient question. And, and this book, and which, 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 yes, you're right, Jeff. It's how dangerous is a ventriloquist dummy. But this is what's what's interesting. That's if that's the question we're asking, then this book has failed. Oh, yeah, well, did we know that? That's <laughs> a moving point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because it says so. It, it actually says. Yeah, so. actually, it says a few times. The main character is just like, like it's just it's a, a dummy. fucking dummy. It's just a dummy. What you am can't I fucking doing? Fucking do shit. There's a point in the book where literally the character is fighting the dummy. It's just like this is just a dummy. Why am I making this into such a big deal? Yeah. yeah. Same with the scarecrows. Like, what's they gonna do to you? Spit straw? Like, bitch, please. Same, yeah. You know what? You're right, Danielle. Bitch, bitch please. please. Yeah. You know, but like, I don't know. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna get into the the heavy the heavy stuff of this book, obviously. Right. But yeah. but before we do, we need to have a roadmap. A roadmap. We need to have a, a compass to guide us oh, to what what this book's actual intentions are. No, and I like the sound of this. Uh, I've brought on a special guest speaker. We haven't had him on for a while because of happenings in the world. It's pretty pretty bonkers, but. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out an old guest of ours, Robert Lawrence Stein. N- no, Jeff. No. Oh. We talked about this. Okay. Don't you remember? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
fuck? It's been months since we've seen you. No, we just talked five minutes ago. Oh, that was you? Uh, fuck. I thought it was a caterer. Jesus Christ. What? Yeah. Like, what? I can't cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You know what, Jeff? I, you were right. I really did miss having our Stein on our did show. You? <laughs> I missed Robert Lewis. Robert Lawrence. I did. No. I did Bo- I, Bobby himself finally caused us some no. trouble. I, I, I'm sorry. You're saying no. Did I get the name wrong there, RL? Yes, you did. What's your, what, what's, what's your name, RL? My name is Resilient mm-hmm. Lumber Stein. Oh, that's actually kind of good. Yeah, that's, know, that's you, thematic. That's actually like, yeah, that's thematic as well because of wood. Because mm-hmm. we're talking mm-hmm. about Night of the Living Dummy 2 today. But also that's what you want for your house. And really when you're using wood in general, you want yes. to have some resilient wood. Have some resilience, Make sure yeah. you treat it first. Yeah. yeah, unless you're like one of those guys that does martial arts and they punch through the wood. Oh, then they you don't do want to punch through that wood. You don't want that wood to be resilient. No, you want that wood to be very soft. Yes. So, R.L., we read uh, Night of the Living Dummy 2. Why? Also known as Night of the Living Dummy Rides Again, <laughs> Night of the Living Dummy also, and Night of the Living Dummy One More Time. One more, one time. more time. So what's this book about, R.L.? Because I feel like we could probably go back to the previous episode when we did Night of the Living Dummy 1 and just paste what you said then on, over this. Uh, I mean, uh, there's, there's a... I, 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 I was... I'm really, I'm exploring the human psyche. Okay. Right? Mm. So we've got, what I said you were with three chillins. Mm-hmm. One tiny redheaded stepchild is a bonkers asshole. Jed, yes. And I don't know why I went Southern, but I'm going Southern apparently. And partner. he, <laughs> partner, and he represents the id. Okay. Then we've got Sarah, the overachieving painter lady. Mm-hmm. Who wins a lot of prizes and, she, and is good at school too? Is real good at school, and she is the super ego. Oh! And then you've got poor little what's her name in the middle? Uh, Amy. Amy, the 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 ego. And so what I'm looking at in this book is, you know, right at that age around twelve is when your personality starts to really s- sort of s- divide. So. As you're younger, you know, you just, you can be pure id. It's fine. Mm-hmm. No one matters. You're mm-hmm. a child. You can use spaghetti like a crazy person. Like Yes, you can, you can. You put, can throw spaghetti around just however you want. You can throw it. You can put it down your pants. Mm-hmm. You can put it into shoes. It's all good. But then you have Sarah, the super ego, because as you get older, you have to learn to regulate the id and the ego. Okay. Right? That's the function of the superego. The superego is like the neurotic, uptight part of you. Which is what Sarah is. Which is exactly what she Sarah is, is. She's pretty uptight. And she likes to paint, and she gets lots of awards for painting, because that is how adults like you to see the world. Like, they appreciate the way that she sees the world, because she is essentially... A forming adult superego. She's 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 produced something of value tangibly. Yes, and also they just like looking at her way of seeing the world mm. resonates with them gotcha. as true. The sweet watercolors. That's right. Those oh delicious. Now, poor poor Amy, she has obviously come to struggle a bit with with how to how to manage these three elements of her of her person. And 
What I like here is to slip in a little ventriloquist dummy <laughs> as a stand-in for the id that she is no longer able to express herself, right? So the dummy does all of this horrible shit, runs around, ruins Sarah's painting like, like Amy has always wanted to do, just fuck up her shit. Okay. And, uh, and uh, squeeze hands. <laughs> squeeze, <laughs> squeeze children's hands. Squeeze hands. It's definitely yeah. what Amy has wanted to do. Squeezy hands. <laughs> Squeezy hands, Amy. That's what they called her. That's what they call her. Until she got old. <laughs> but she also, she wants to be able to compete as well. There's with, with Jed, who, you know, as the younger id, is sort of a reminiscent of, of what she's, what she has to lose. Mm. So she's looking to sort of, Siphon off this side of her personality into a dummy that can't be stopped because it's a dummy with a sandwich in its head. And you can't stop a dummy, as we found out. And you cannot stop a dummy. They're pretty. They're a lot stronger than you think. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they are quite resilient wood. If, you would, if, if I can throw that out there. That's right. Resilient lumber. That's right. That's what they are. Yep. Yep. Right. So the so the dummy is is like she's. She's sort of living out those like desires. Yes, the dummy is. You know how uh, like uh, the the theory of poltergeist phenomenon is uh, teenage girls who uh, they they have a sort of pent up repressed energies because of the way that society expects women to sort of internalize everything. Mm -hmm. And the theory of poltergeists is that it builds up this energy in a teenage girl, and she unconsciously manifests poltergeist activity, like moving shit or breaking things. This is the theory. You could Google it. All girls are ghosts? All girls are ghosts. All girls are ghosts. And, uh, yes, so, so essentially, he is like her poltergeist. Ah. She's, he's, he's the, the, the avenue of, of her repressed impulses. She puts that hand up that little, that little dummy's back and just goes, goes off. Oh, she puts that hand up there. And go squish. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. All yeah. Right. I, I, I get it. I get it, RL. I'm so yeah. glad you're back to, to tell so us about this. I'm so glad you're back to give us this take that is about on par with like a high school <laughs> AP English paper. Bish, which I love. you, you want to do one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe's turn. Do it. Oh, shit. No, that's... <laughs> I think it was great. <laughs> no, that's definitely in there. I mean, it's uh, it's something. Well, RL, I, I I appreciate you letting us know what this book is about because I just thought it was about some stupid dummy. Hey, I'm right here. <laughs> you guys are really getting my goat today. Stupid dummy. <laughs> stupid dummy. That's Jeff. Listen, can that stay in? When you edit, Jeff, when you edit that later, could you, Danielle, tell him, Jeff, when you edit that later, could you leave when I said that in, please? Hey, hey, <laughs> hey guys. Hey. Hi. Howdy. Hi. Hello. <laughs> All right. Well, RL, thank you for coming back to us. I know we've kept you under lock and key for the last, I don't know, like four or five episodes. Yes. Thank you for working with us, RL. We really appreciate you spending time and like showing us this, this wonderful look into what, what the structure of these characters are. And, and also, um, 
Fuck you for making these books. Fuck you. And I feel like we don't say that to you enough eh, because we definitely appreciate you and we think that you're great, but also fuck you. Yeah, fuck off. Like, like, you're not like, it's one of those things like, we are very good friends, but like, <laughs> fuck you a little bit, man. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, but you see, you say fuck you, but then you're handing me your dollars. So. Oh, I did. I did done pay him some money for these books. I did. I have no integrity. That's true. Damn it. I have no integrity. <laughs> All right. Well, RL, go back into the basement loft. Is, can you have a loft in the basement? Is it always got to be upstairs? No, you could build a loft in the basement. It's just an, it's just like a little area in the top of the... It's a, a loft area. in a basement is a den. Oh, okay. I think. I mean, that's like where like we're rodents and animals when they make a little den. It's underground, but it's like... it's. <laughs> It's up there. So, RL, go back to your den. Okay, okay. Go back to your den, RL. All right, I have a sandwich that I'll put in my head. (laughs) Good old, good old head cheese sandwich. Ah, the head cheese. Oh, the head cheese. (sighs) Well, that was. I'm glad we got RL back. I missed him. Glad we did. I'm glad. I'm glad that he managed to maintain one one voice for most of it. Yes, one accent throughout. It's a lot harder than it sounds. It's really hard. Really, really method. So I, I will, uh, I'll, I'll, I don't, I don't necessarily have, well, I have some specific scenes, but this is more going to be just like, uh, a sort of very basic kind of like comparison between, cause I want to get that out of the way cause we did say it, but like we did night of the living dummy and night of the living dummy Two they do like, it's like to Jeff's point and, and it, it is like. It's still not right, but it essentially is the exact same story as Night of the Living Dummy 1 in so much as it's about a character who wants attention for having a ventriloquist dummy. And it gets bad attention for it. And they get bad attention. They get attention, but they get bad attention. And a lot of the story is them essentially saying, like, I didn't do this. The dummy did this. Over. And over, over and over and over. And the parents being like, bitch, you're crazy. It's less, it's less unrealistic in the sense that in, in Night of the Living Dummy 1, sort of the big, like one of the big coming to a head moments is when they the kid performs with the dummy in front of like a thousand people at a school yeah. talent show, like the Madison Square Garden of talent <laughs> shows, and it and the dummy does a full eight, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, and then and barfs, and then barfs, and barfs, which was absolutely like bonkers. I missed that in this book. I missed that 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 absolute grindhouse <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, no, Mr. Wood, way way cooler than Slappy. Yeah, Slappy's more sub. Slappy's more like like un, like he's more subdued. This and and they have that equivalent scene in here, but instead of it being like, instead of it being slap, like Mr. Wood talking a bunch of shit and barfing, it's slappy seemingly grabbing onto a kid's hand and not letting it go. And that's it. Yeah. Which was creepy. Um, It was creepy. It's different. Um, the, the, there's also this, the scene of, um, uh, the sort of big, the, the big reveal, they have the big reveal scene where it's like, you're my slaves, you're my slaves, you're my slaves. which, which as before was bad. Um, <laughs> yes. and, but, but the final, the final showdown, however, made more sense where instead of taking Mr. Wood to a construction <laughs> site and crushing him with a <laughs> steamroller, 
they they very casually threw uh, Slappy against a wall and cracked his head open. Also, they they also end in the exact same way in the sense that um, you it is revealed to you that both dummy because she has two dummies in the first book they had two dummies in the second book they had two dummies and just like the first book they reveal that the second dummy was alive but they did so in a much more subtle way in the sense that instead of in the first book, Slappy was the other dummy. Yeah. The other, yeah. Dummy. other dummy. The other dummy. Hey, hey, if your man take you out on February 15th, you the other dummy. You're the other dummy. But um, hey, at the end of uh, Night of the Living Dummy 1, uh, it Slappy just turns to our main character and is like, hey, what's up? <laughs> He's like, girl. In this, in this one, it's, it's sort of the opposite where they're like, yeah, we expected you to be here to help us. And he was like, oh, I wasn't here. And then they go, oh, shit. Well, it then was, who the fuck helped us? And it's like, oh, it would have been, yeah, it would have been Dennis. Would oh, it was really the dummy. Oh, we can't tell the difference between a child right? and the dummy. Like, what? They do, they, they do make it clear, like, I mean, in terms of height, it doesn't make sense, but they do make it clear, like, <laughs> Dennis, they see very early Dennis's head can come off. So their thought was like, oh, he'll put the head in the shirt. And, and, scare. and Jed does that. He puts, he like dresses up as Dennis and does a goof early in, the, like his goof. in, the, in the thing. So they see some stuff. I was, this book is, cl- I guess, cleaner. But there's less interesting stuff that happens. Yeah, it's cleaner, but it's also less. It's really boring. Well, it's also it's also like if okay, if uh, if Night of the Living Dummy One were from a horror movie studio, it would be like a Blumhouse yes. fucking yeah. Yeah. like you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh like the with the yeah. fucking hog wild like torture porn gore that's neither living dummy one neither living dummy two it's kind of still that but it's trying harder to be like, it's like take you know, me serious like, i'm a real i'm a real movie <laughs> it's like yeah it's like it's almost it's like trying to be almost like i don't want to say it but like the vich like it's trying to get closer to that that level of very subtle scary unsettling horror yes it is definitely like tonally it's the witch. Yeah. I will say the only other thing I want to say uh, from the entire meta analysis, like the big, the big picture yeah. thing, other than that is um, I realized this as I was reading this. The only thing that really makes these books about children is the fact that they say school. Yes. If they didn't say school. If they said work. These are just millennials living with their parents. Exactly. Exactly. She's literally part of the gig economy. If she was like a streamer. Yeah. 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 Taking my ventriloquist dummy on stream to make a few bucks on Twitch. Yeah. I mean, like, like I seriously had that thought, like you could easily turn this story into like a modern rendition and you don't really have to change anything except for that. She doesn't go to school. She goes to like community college and there you go. And she streams and it's perfect. She has has a job of sorts almost in this. And so does her friend. She does. Jeff, yeah, she has gigs. Like she has jobs. She she can't find anything stable because she's a (laughs) millennial. She's this gig economy, man. I guess, you know what? My friends are doing this Twitch thing. I think I'm going to try picking up ventriloquism. You know, it's just you're your own boss. You make your own hours. Well, you would imagine like in her room, she would have like posters of like famous ventriloquists, yeah. all one of them. <laughs> I would love, I, I, and I know there's more of these, the dummy books, but I would love it if like one of the, the next protagonist who deals with Slappy is like an expert ventriloquist child, like a, a kid yeah. who's so He's into ventriloquism. Prodigy. Yeah. Cause so far, like the previous 
kid and this kid, they're sort of like, eh, I do ventriloquism on the side. You know, it's just sort of a thing that's extra. I want to be like, no, I want you to like be in it. And then it's more like, oh, this yeah. dummy can do things on its own. Oh, the I have the potential oh, to be the greatest ventriloquist ever. But at what cost? Oh, what dear. Cost? So um, do we want to start getting into like specific passages? Yeah, let's do it. I do have, I, I was looking back through it and I have a few things, mostly in the beginning, nothing really in the middle since she's grounded for the most part. She is grounded. She's huh? a lot of grounded. Daniel, do you have anything to start with? My, my first thing is in like chapter four. I, I, I do. I do have something, but it's about chapter seven. So Okay. Mine is. I'm chapter seven. Okay. Well, I'm going to do mine then first. So fuck both of you. All right. All right. Then easy. This is so there's not a lot of characters. I mean, there's, there's the appropriate amount of characters in this book. There's mom, dad, kids. And then there's a friend named Gloria as well. Wait, what about Margot? Her name was Margot. Margo, sorry. I thought it was Gloria for some reason. <laughs> that's Big City Greens. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that's why I was <laughs> watching a lot of Big City Greens recently. <laughs> Watch a lot of everything recently. Yeah. Amy has a friend named Margot. And we learn about Margot in chapter four. It actually starts off with Margot. And it just has an interesting way. And I'm curious what your book, Jojo, you have, you have the actual physical book. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I okay. Do. I'm curious what your book says, because my book describes her with like a particular phrase. And I'm like, is this something they changed? Hmm. So it opens what up. What's the phrase that yes, describes you? So us. chapter four starts off. Margot came over the next afternoon. Margot is real tiny, sort of like a mini person. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, that's shit. what I got. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, she has yep. a tiny face. And is very pretty with bright blue eyes and delicate features. She's a mini person. She's a best. <laughs> just caught my eye. It was just like, like she's yeah. she's like a little doll. You know? <laughs> she's almost like you could put a hand up. up she's her. almost like a ventriloquist herself. So that was kind of my thought as I was just like, was there going to be some sort of weird seated stuff where Margot was a ventriloquist dummy? That would be so fucking they definitely, good. They definitely kind of hint at it, but <laughs> it's sort of just like, I guess it's sort of just like, that's kind of how she sees almost everything that Amy, I don't know. It was, it was just a weird way to describe. <laughs> she, I see ventriloquist dolls everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for sure. That's a super weird way to describe. This is a tiny yeah, person. Yeah, she, so she sees a tiny person. She's, she's so cute and doll-like. She's pretty. She's doll-like. Everyone, the boys make fun of her soft, whispery voice. She loves the Beatles. Loves them. Loves the Beatles. So I imagine they kept the Beatles the same for yours as well. They, she did keep the Beatles on Yes. There. I mean, what were they, they could have updated it to Bruno Mars, but they didn't. They didn't do that because I mean, they were Beatles cowards. Beatles are classic. Beatles are classic. And Bruno Mars will be classic. This, mm. this whole chapter four, there's just all these little details regarding Margot that I'm just like, you were really trying to build something, but like you kind of fell a little short. So we got Margot, who is a mini person, much like a mini horse. Yes, much like a tiny horse. So, so but the, let's, let me just... I, I think you know what you're getting into here, Jeff, and I don't want to step on your toes, right. but can I just say that, like, the conversation that Margot and Amy have here mm-hmm. is so fucking far beyond what 12-year-olds <laughs> yeah. oh, talk about. seriously. <laughs> this, it is absolutely fucking hog wild. I mean, I think it's kind of worth maybe reading some of it, because... Yeah, yeah. I, this, this whole chapter four, there's a few things that we should, like, discuss in it, so please go ahead, uh, Jojo. Here we go. Uh, This is uh, page 21, chapter four. Um, If you have the physical book, page 21. Um, My dad almost didn't let me come over, Margot told me. He thought he might need me to work at the restaurant. Margot's dad owns a huge restaurant downtown called The Party House. It's not really a restaurant. It's a big old house with enormous rooms where kids can hold parties. Sounds amazing. And 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 then a song comes on. Love Me Do. And she's like, I love this song. And she exclaims, <laughs> and she, along with, for a while, like there are, you can, like, they should be drinking. Yeah, I tr- right? They should be getting day drunk right now. <laughs> I tried singing with her, but I'm totally tone deaf. As my dad says, I can't carry two in a wheelbarrow. That's a good phrase. Um, that's an important note. And then, and then she goes, um, and then, 
This is so fucking weird. Amy, a 12-year-old, says, I'm really glad you didn't have to work. You didn't have to go to the grindstone. Mark was like, me too. Dad always gives me the worst jobs, you know, clearing tables or putting away dishes. Oh, the grind. Wrapping garbage. And then she started singing again. And then she goes, and this is the part where you can tell she should be taking a drink of something. She goes, mm, Amy, I almost forgot. Or, um, or they're sharing a, like, a, like, a, like a joint, you know, and they're just hanging out after school. Yeah, or something. And she goes, my dad may have a job for you. And she's like, Wrapping garbage. I don't think she's like no, no, no. Like a like a gig, and it kind of it's like the way like the way they're talking, it, and like the, the this situation yes. is like this is fucking wild. It's, it's weird. weird. It's, he like like he like it feels almost like R.L. Stein had this story about like young adults, like yes. people in their twenties, and he kind of just retconned it to make it fit this scenario because just the way they talk and the things they're doing do not fit no. at all. And it's weird because like they're, they're kids and she's like, oh, I have this job. I hate doing all these. Because the thing that I had highlighted where she's like, me too. Dad always gives me the worst jobs, you know, cleaning tables, putting away dishes. You're 12. What jobs are you going to do at this place aside from these basic jobs? She's like, usually I'm supervising the staff there, you know. Yeah, but. usually <laughs> they put me on training. Sometimes they let me come up with the decor in the place. Like I got to build like an escape room once, but no, it's just, it's, it's, it's so, and this was what made me originally think like, these are millennials. Yeah. Like these are millennials now. These are us. <laughs> no, it's the whole, the whole thing is like two, you know, just two working girls hanging out That's in right. Amy's room after Going a, off steam. a long day Two, yeah, just two like, like they're in their, they're in their mid twenties. They're out of college. Mm -hmm. Like shit's not, they had to move back home. They're living 100% back percent working. They had to move back home. Yep. They're just, they're hanging out, they're, they're drinking, and then she's like, oh, my dad might have a gig for you. That, that was also what threw me, because it's like, even if that were true, just for the sake of argument that this grown adult <laughs> was like, I have a party coming up, I need to get some entertainment for it, well, who, I need to go get a professional. Margo, who's your friend? To entertain these kids. The, it, is, it is the height of nonsense that he would go, Margo, you're 12, do you, you have a 12-year-old friend who is a ventriloquist. All right, correct? Margo, this is a... Okay, Amy, this is a bringer. You can come and do the ventriloquist <laughs> show, but, but you, you got to bring, bring 10 people with you. You're going to get the proceeds. We'll give you 50 bucks afterwards. It's like the, the only way that that makes sense, like logically, is if they are older. It does yes. not make sense. Because like, even if this were true that he wanted to hire her, he wouldn't tell his kid. He no. would talk to her parents. <laughs> yes. Also, it's, I just like, I had this also highlighted where it's called the party house, which I'm like, that sounds like a bar or it sounds yes. like it's, it's, it sounds like, yeah, <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Or, I was like, that does not sound like a thing for kids. That sounds like no. if I was an adult, I'd be like, oh, the party house, that's cute. Yeah. Right? That sounds like a frat house. That sounds like a, it sounds like a house where they like it's, turned it into like, you do comedy here and they have open mics here and they have like, yeah, like music night here. And you, it's like one of those cool coffee bars yeah. that you could drink there. I want to know more about this party house. Hey, 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 this fall on the CW. <laughs> party, party house. Right? Party house. Let's manifest. <laughs> Two young girls move back after having to drop out of college due to the happenings in the world. What are they going to do with their future? Well, one of them just inherited a big old house with a whole lot of but rooms. with a horrible secret. And a terrible, terrible. Their only catch to making this business run, they have to take orders from a ventriloquist dummy. Oh, shit. This summer. <laughs> I guess I said father. <laughs> but yeah, that whole, the whole Margo introduction is so yes. weird. It's, so it's absolutely yes. hog. I mean, like, 
I will. I mean, like it did make me think of these. It did. You know what's weird is this made me think of all the Goosebumps books in a different way. Really? I will say that Mm. just, just, just on the grounds of like, cause that was like, that's a common thing that we do to these books is like, we say like, Oh yeah. Like that's almost like a pass we give them. Right. We're like, Oh, these experiences, what these characters are going through. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but they are kids. (laughs) Exactly. But then you think about it and you're like, no, (laughs) they just don't make sense. And it's because they're kids that they don't make sense. They would make more sense if these were adults and we live in the world where they totally could be. Yeah. It would also be scarier if like the ventriloquist dummy things were happening and it was an adult who was possibly doing it as opposed to a child. Yes. And that's, that gets into my things, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt Jeff. What else you got from, from chapter four? There's a lot of great stuff here. So this, and I like this chapter also with the Margot thing because it reminds me of uh, previous Goosebumps books where there's just like in, in like completely weird details that just get thrown in and you're just supposed to be like, Oh yeah, the party house. Oh yeah. She's a tiny person. Cool. Yeah. No, yeah. Duh. The, the next thing I have before we get to chapter seven, where you guys have stuff is something that I think we all would like to talk about. Okay. Um, mm. And that's in chapter five. Okay. It's about uh, second page of chapter five. I'd have weird names in this, but uh, chapter five is dad. Dad brings home uh, slappy the dummy. This is the fan service part of the book. Yeah. There's this, also a line in here that I'm going to have to point out. I know which line you're talking about, you know Danielle, and I'm going to let wait, you Wait, wait, wait. Before, before, wait. Before we go on, Danielle, known asexual deviant, <laughs> we'll find something <laughs> gross in here. Uh, Jeff, what, what would you like to point out, please? So in, in chapter five, um, she gets slapped the dummy. It's the first fucking line in the chapter, isn't it, Danielle? No, no. it's not. No, it's not. It's well, it should have been, you idiot. I mean, hey, Joe. You you have your own little little field of deviance over there. You oh fuck, <laughs> god damn it, Danielle, Danielle. I just got a t- listen, Danielle. This sounds really weird. I just got a text message from you, and it just says checkmate. What happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It says checkmate, and then it drops the mic. So so Slappy, they get Slappy. Dad and Amy are looking over Slappy. It's a big old present for her because her other dummy his head falls off all the time and. Uh, she does what you do when you get a new dummy is she sticks her hand right up in that dummy, right up inside right up of his in guts. Right up. And in actually, it's so right at the end of chapter four, going into chapter five. She says, I slowly moved my hand up inside the dummy's back, through the neck and into his head. I stopped and let out a startled cry as my hand hit something soft, something soft and warm. <laughs> his, brain! his brain! And then chapter five, oh, I uttered a sick moan and I jerked my hand out as fast as I could. I could still feel the soft, warm mush on my fingers. Dad, Dad, Amy, what's wrong? His brains, I choked out. <laughs> and then Dad um, uh, puts his hand up in there. He struggled with something, and he pulled it out. Yuck, I groaned. What's that? Dad stared down at the mushy green and purple and brown object in his hand. Looks like someone left a sandwich in there. <laughs> he exclaimed. What? what? Dad's whole face twisted in his disgust. It's all moldy and rotten. Must have been in there for months. Um this is why I want to know about this pawn shop owner. And then he says, and then she's like, oh, it stinks. Why would there be a, dumb, a sandwich in the dummy's head? And he says, beats me. And then he says, and it looks like there are wormholes in it. <laughs> yeah, we both cried in unison. And then it's like a page of, of them trying to clean out. So, so a weird, you know, like a weird thing. They're like, okay, it gross out. There's a sandwich up in this dummy's head, which... Makes complete Which they sense. describe in almost like a fetish yeah. kind yes. of way. It is, very, it is very sensual. It is very, it is very like you could taste it and you could feel it when reading it. They made it very like tangible. But, I, but the thing that's weird, and I, this is going to kind of point to one, it's just a, a weird chapter where the entire chapter is dealing with the sandwich situation inside the dummy's head. <laughs> 
put that on your tombstone. Is they said that they said they, they said there's wormholes in it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, there's wormholes in this. Like sandwich. a worm. Like a worm was was making little holes in it. Oh, like, like Richard Scary. Time travel, right? Um, <laughs> wormholes. Yes, yeah. Danielle. <laughs> you go through the sandwich. It's a pretty timey, whiny snack. <laughs> Jeff, you ever had a sandwich? Jeremy, bear me and whatnot. Yeah. Yes, Jeff. Jeff, I want you to understand that reality is a series of layers: bread, <laughs> meat, and Jeez. time. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, so that's they, they put that in there. You're just like gross, nasty, right? However, right. and I'm pointing this to something that happens way later in the book, which we can, you know, I'm not going to try and get into too so much. So you're of saying it. there's a bit of a parallel uh, motif here. No, of, there's a bit of of, san- of of gross sandwiches and dummy heads. I think there's trying. I think it's something that Arl Stein has sort of tried to change the lore of Slappy a little bit. Mm-hmm. The one book's worth of lore he's <laughs> yes. already established. Yes. Go on. So in the previous book, when when Mister Wood got smushed. A green cloud like arose from his dead dummy mm. body. A big fart, right? Big fart. At the end of this book, um, Mr. Wood, no, Mr. Slappy, not Mr. Slappy. Mr. Slappy's his father's name. Just call him Slappy. Um, Slappy gets his head cracked open. In a very graphic way. In a very graphic way. And, and, and do you remember what happens after his head gets cracked open? Something crawls out of there. Something, Something crawls out of there. Do you remember what that was? Big old worm. A big old worm, y'all. That's 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 the real villain. <laughs> Fucking worm. So my question to you is, is this dummy alive or was it just a really mean worm inside of it? Yeah, I think it was a mean worm. I think that worm was just like, you know what? You guys t- took my sandwich. Now I'm going to fucking take everything you love. So you're thinking you're, is is uh so your 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 thing Jeff is like is the dummy really possessed or is it sort of like a body horror there's a there's an evil worm yes. like the crank there's a there's controlling. a there's another ventriloquist inside the dummy there was already yeah this the, <laughs> hey this dummy's taken bub the, the real ventriloquist is inside is the call's coming from inside the dummy oh, oh. Shit. but that was weird because i saw that and it was like that whole scene's gross and danielle i'll let you say your line from that scene in just a minute okay um, but like at the end of the book, they're like, oh, there was a worm inside and it ran away after the head cracked open. And I was like, are we supposed to think that the worm inside was eating the sandwich in his head? Like he was like, God, I've been at this pawn shop for a while and I'm really hungry. This, this pawn shop owner's got a sandwich over here. I'm I mean, gonna- there is a bunch of lore about how did the sandwich get in there? Yeah. Because it couldn't have just fallen in. No. Someone had to like no. with Someone shoved a sandwich Someone had to head. shove a sandwich or that worm had to go out of the dummy and grab a sandwich and pull it in. Yes. Because the these are the two scenarios right like let's assume the, I'm going to just assume the worm can't do that because if the worm could do that it doesn't really need the dummy in order to take actions True. but there's there's two scenarios either the person put the sandwich in there for the worm right yeah to appease the worm a slave <gasps> yes That's right. or then this is the less likely <laughs> but also equally weird scenario <laughs> Someone just put a sandwich in a dummy and then forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah, right? There's someone out there who's just like, where's my... Where'd I put that fucking sandwich? Where the fuck did I put that sandwich? And and if you're going to lose a sandwich inside of a dummy's head, that's the least of your problems. Where's my car keys? Uh Uh-huh. Where's the... Dude, where's my car keys? Dude, where's my car keys? Yeah. No, I mean... So, and also the question being that, does do you have to take a months-old, moldy, disgusting sandwich out of the dummy's head before you can smell it being there? Right. That was also my question because... You know what's, you uh, know what's weird, Jeff, is... Yeah, like, I did have that question, too, but I was like, 
there's already so much fucking weird stuff in here. Right, I don't have like, time for that yeah. right now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that, like I, I hate to say it, but that was just like noise to me. I was like, <laughs> at that point, it's like, I know, I know that I know that thought is really important and makes no fucking sense, but I have a lot of other things yes. to deal with just here. There's a, there's a lot to take in. When I read that sandwich part, I get gaggy. Yeah, it's gross. It is really gross. It is really, to me, like rotten food is like a weird, gross thing. Just imagine sticking your hand into a well, place that you everyone, think is safe. Jeff. Yeah. God. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I get, yeah, I get gaggy in real life too, but... Like imagine, just imagine that scene. You're like, you got a brand new dummy. You're sticking your hand up there. You're going to make his mouth move and eyes wiggle. And all of a sudden. Hey, hey, slap me with that mouth. <laughs> what that mouth do? Slap you. That's not the way that you eat a sandwich. You eat it with your mouth. That's gross. All right, Danielle, do you want to say the line that's like a page after this? Hey, everybody, if you want to go ahead and just skip ahead like 30 seconds, it's cool. I had this highlighted too, because I was also just like, Really? Danielle's going to say this? No, I was like, I was like, one, Danielle's going to say this. Two, I need to be prepared. And three, <laughs> it does stand out as just being like it a really weird does. line. It really does. Watch. It's going to be, it's going to be a different line than I think Danielle's going to read. Now, Danielle, I, I, we can't guess. Danielle, go ahead and read. <laughs> okay. It's in chapter five, correct? It is. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what page it's on at the end. So go ahead, Danielle. Okay. The, the chapter five is like two pages. Okay. So they're examining the dummy and, uh, She's unbuttoning his suit jacket and studying his sh painted shirt. Weird. But that's not the point. The point is that she says, everything looks fine, Dad. And then he nodded. Then he smelled his fingers. Because <laughs> he hadn't washed away all the stink of the rotten sandwich. <laughs> like, oh, tuna fish, huh? That's uh. what... <laughs> <laughs> I did have that. <laughs> we all had that highlighted. It's, it's well, it's because I'm 15, right? Deep down, mentally, in my soul. I'm it's, still 12. My my sense of humor didn't really get that much past that. It is so. It is like of all the things, aside from being like obviously like a small nose piece. It's like, why would you do that? Like, That's so gross. Seriously, he's just like he's fingering this rotten sandwich, and then he fucking smells his fingers. You just, you just two in the pink, one in the stink to this dummy's back, and now yeah, you're yeah, and then all in the all in the nose. Ugh. It's very like it's yes. like it's like Ugh. when you it's like when you itch your butt and then you smell your finger for some reason. Yeah, it's like if you yeah, it's like you stuck your finger up very your butt a little that. bit and then you sniffed it. And then they like yeah. they're like we better spray with disinfectant or perfume. I'm like no, spray with disinfectant. No, yeah, disinfectant is great. I mean, rotten rotten sandwich plus perfume equals mwah. mwah. But yeah, so I, I knew that was a line you had, Danielle. <laughs> and then also that chapter just ends with her saying the magic words again. Yeah, and then she and then she and then she um, looks down and sees the dummy. They winked at him. So now he's alive, and so is Dennis. Apparently, yeah, dummy's alive. We or, don't know that yet, though. But hey, Jeff. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was just maybe it was still Jed. Maybe, maybe there was dead. no there was no Dennis. Maybe there was no book. Yeah. Oh God, I wish. So those that's that's what I had prior to your your chapter seven. Yeah. So Danielle, what do you got in chapter seven? Okay, so I have the uh, failed Andrew Dice Clay. Mm. Right, well, which we, we have to you have to go do good. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I also have something from chapter seven that's not that. Okay, okay, yeah, let's do that. What well, do that? Joe, do you have what? Is that what you had in chapter seven too? No, my thing is a little more, um, more bigger. <laughs> more bigger. Okay, it, okay. It's, it's it's something more complicated. Okay. 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 From chapter seven. 
Let me just say that what happens in chapter seven is what made me think that this book was more complicated. Ah, Ah, this is what fooled Joe. Yeah, this is how R.L. Stein finally fooled Joe. No, no, Danielle, I think it is trying to be. I just, I think what happens is. It, I, it revealed its mysteries to me, and then when I pursued them further, I realized, oh, you didn't, you weren't ready, dog. You weren't ready for this one. I know I could tell what you were trying to do, but you were worried. You weren't ready for this. You weren't one. ready for the stage, man. Well, the yeah. only thing that I had in there was the story that the mom tells about working at the fancy women's clothing store downtown. Such a weird detail, so, and it's, it's yes, very inappropriate, and feeds into the Andrew Dice Clay. So yeah, that so much like every single. R.L. Stein book, there is fat shaming to some degree. Oh, so much. There's a lot of so it in here, this chapter. So, yeah, so, so that's, the, that's on page 37 in chapter 5. Um, I, she says, she says uh, or chapter 7, I'm sorry, my anger faded away by the time we started family sharing night. We settled into the living room, taking our usual places. She told a funny story about something that happened at, the, at work. Mom works at a fancy women's clothing store downtown, and she told us about a really big woman who came into the store and insisted on trying on only tiny sizes. The woman ripped every piece of clothing she tried on and then bought them all. <laughs> They're not for me, she explained. They're for my sister. <laughs> we all laughed, but I'm surprised mom told the story because mom's pretty chubby and she's very sensitive about it. Why is that what in is, there? What is that Why story? Is this here? Why is it there? Because we get the fat shaming in a little bit anyway. Yeah, we don't need extra fat shaming. But like the story, aside from not being funny. Uh, yeah. It's like just it's bizarre. It is the strangest story of back of lore building for this mom. Yeah. And also like casting judgment mm-hmm. for... Mm-hmm. It's like it's like two degrees of separation. Like, yeah, she hates fat people, so she but she's fat. She should be ashamed of herself. <laughs> oh, also. she's self-hating. Oh, like, it's like that. It was almost kind of like Amy was like, This is weird that mom told us this story because Mom's fat too. She's, she's fat. fat. Like, so Jesus, weird. Dude. What the fuck? It's what a fucking brutal <laughs> takedown. What, yeah. Which makes you which makes me think Ara was right about like Amy just wants to say that shit to right? mom. Amy and she's just about wants to get it off. She's got this stuff Amy repressed just, in her Amy, head. She know? needs a vehicle. Yes. She just needs to put gas in it, and that gas is her hand up that dummy's fucking back. That's right. There's that. Was there soup? Danielle, was there soup in this one? No. No, there's, there's no, no soup. soup. There's no soup. Man, RL Stein is showing some restraint, I gotta say. All right, so that's that's just what I wanted to like pop that's in. That's really there. that's really incredible. It's, just, it's so weird. Uh, Danielle, what do you got from here? Okay, so um, I want I want us to remember the Andrew Dice Clay bit from the first book in which Mister mm. Wood fucking took the Mickey out of all these old people, yeah. their neighbors, their roasted parents, them. just really Roast, fucking roasted fucking them. Fucking roasted them. Hard. Call the burn squad. In, in the previous book, there was no family sharing night. It was simply the character like being doing ventriloquist stuff and they brought over grandma and grandpa from next door. You had door. a hot 10 at the comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> you, had your tight, you had your tight five with the, I get five and the dummy gets five. So it's yeah. 10 total. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Makes sense. Adds up. I, I, I tried to not run the light, but the dummy kept talking. What am I supposed to do? The, dum- the dummy, he, the crowd was loving it. What yeah. can I say? So that's on page 38. Is We the, should is all the get to do one of his Andrew Dice Clay lines because we we all like saying. Okay, I'll do, um, I'll let, you know, I'll do the last one. I'll do a okay. third one. Okay. So, okay. so Danielle, pick pick one of the Andrew Dice-isms that uh, Slappy hits us with. I'm going to go with the... There's so many tasty options here. 
It's a little, it's like a smorgasbord. It of really fun is. Things. Yeah. I mean, do you, want to, do you want me to start it off, Daniel, with the first one? Do you want to take the one after that, or do you want to do the first one? Uh, you can do the first one. Okay. So, so they're doing family share night, which is the obvious vehicle for her having slappy fucking rip into everybody. <laughs> so like the previous book, Slappy can't be stopped. Nope. Comedy's on the line. <laughs> and she's trying to do some knock-knock jokes, and she's like, knock-knock, I said. Knock it off, came the harsh reply. Slappy spun around to Walk face it me. Here. Hey, don't break the sofa, fat so, he rasped. Why don't you skip the fridge fries and have a salad once in a while? Oh! <laughs> And then for five minutes, <laughs> the rest of the family laughed until they peed themselves. It's funnier than the this fucking story the mom told. Fucking funny. Uh, okay, and then the Daniel, you want to get this next one? Yeah, this next one's good. So Look at dad. Dad is like, yeah. Amy, that's not funny. And he's like, What's your problem, Baldy? Some type he shouted. Is that your head, or did you have a? Uh, or are you hatching an ostrich egg on your neck? I messed that up. Let me do it again. What's your problem, Baldy? Is that your head? Or are you hatching an ostrich egg on your neck? What is that accent? Doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> now I'm gonna do I'm gonna do these last two because they're very significant. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the whole time this is happening, by the way, Slappy is, is just fucking just these fucking brutal, like mask off takedowns of this family. Oh yeah, no mercy. And then Amy is the whole time like trying to say she's not doing it. <laughs> Um, and then Slappy screams, why don't you put an extra hole in your head and use it as a bowling ball? Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, oh fuck, Jeff, that's so good. Um, Never mind, you're a turkey. Oh, oh. Jesus, Jeff, fucking slow the, down. Leave some bowling. of the show for the rest of so us. Good. <laughs> God damn it. Can we just take a second, please? Um the mom is upset that the jokes are hurting and insult, uh, hurtful and insulting. And then there's, this is my fucking favorite part of this book, by the way, oh. is, is she goes, it wasn't me. It was slappy. Really? I wasn't saying I, I, I wasn't. And then there is, I swear to God, if this was a movie, they would put like a five second, just completely still pause. Yeah. Yes. And then someone would be like, did I mention y'all ugly? <laughs> And it ends the chapter. And that, and that, but then it's just like hard cut to the next day. Just hard cut. Like we don't even see the aftermath. No fade of that. out. No transition. So nothing. fucking like. I was like, oh, and the chapter ends there. I got chills. I was like, yeah, that's what I wanted. That is exactly what I wanted. The next, the next scene though is really weird, in the context of the rest of this book, because what happens is, her dad goes like. You're a wonderful, he says, Amy, we're not going to believe you. You're a wonderful storyteller. You make up wonderful fantasies and fairy tales, but we're not going to believe this. I'm sorry. We're going to believe that your dummy, we're not going to believe that your dummy spoke on his own. And she's like, but he did. And then he goes, no, he didn't. And then, and then there's like a pause. There's like this really weird pause that's like, it's like strange comparatively okay. because she gives up on trying to convince them immediately. Yeah. And then she goes in almost in a very like weirdly vulnerable way. She's like, sorry, I'm really sorry in the way that you would do if like 
you were older and more mature and yes. you knew that this yeah. wasn't a fight you were going to win. Like yeah, it, you, you knew to pick your battles. And yeah. You like a, ki- a kid would have kept fighting. Oh, a kid would just go forever. And she, and she does later on. Like she definitely like does the whole, well, like it was me, it wasn't but me, but, but that's, what's really weird though is she like, she's convinced that slappy is alive. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing. And yeah. slappy is doing these terrible things to everybody. But at the same time, and this is what was so interesting about chapter seven, when she like, she makes fun of her mom for being fat. She makes fun of her dad for being bald. They're, they're like low hanging fruit, but, but it's that kind of thing of like, why did she just think of it in that hurtful way? And then slappy does it. Exactly. So it's almost like, uh, it's almost like that's what I'm saying. Like this book was almost very good is because it sets up all these things where Slappy being alive is something we brought to this. Right. Yeah. There really isn't a lot in here that says he's alive. No. no. It could have been. That would have been the best twist is it wasn't. He's not alive. Yeah. She really because is. Then what, because then what it's about, and this is why I said this was almost a good book, because then what it's about is this person who is like, because we know this from the start, she does not feel like she is good enough mm-hmm. to be in this family. But she consistently she, she, like pushes that away because she she admits to it. And then she's sort of like, it's like she has two personalities. It's like, it's like yeah, it's like she's unwilling. And, and they kind of, and they kind of make it like she makes up stories, which are, which are essentially she lies. And she has, <laughs> she does ventriloquism, which is like, it, it's a, it's essentially the things that she does in order to be entertaining to her family are things that hide herself. Yes. That's very true. So she doesn't say how she feels or how she thinks. And then she gets this new dummy and the dummy says the things that she right. thinks and does the things that she wants to do. That's right. Like, like it's, they, they, it's like the haunted thing, mask a little bit. Like it's like the haunted mask a little bit. Yeah. And, and it's very much like there's the part where it's, it's like, Oh, she scrawled aim. Like there's a part later where, where this is like a big horror moment, I guess. But like, and actually, this would be really scary if you didn't know the dummy was real. But there's this part later where she sees, she goes into Sarah's room and someone had scrawled Amy on the wall. Yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, if if if, if my sister had done that, I would imagine that she was about to kill me. That was like a black swan type of situation. Yeah. It's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. really weird. And actually, I think right before that, there was a part where like, it was very much like she, she, they they had a line where like she laid down and was sleepy, but she couldn't stop thinking about Slappy. And then the paragraph ends, and it's like, so did she fall asleep? Like, is she dreaming as this happened? Like, what's happening? Um, but the idea is sort of like she doesn't like her sister. No, she doesn't like her parents. Nope. Like no. the idea that she wouldn't do these things isn't true. Yeah. Yeah. She no. Would you could totally believe that she would? And the, they don't build into that enough to make it more present because even at the beginning with like, oh, she tells stories at family sharing. She never does. Yeah. I mean, like like Jeff said, this could have been Black Swan. Yeah. Very easily. This could have been. This could have been really like. She, yeah, it could have just been all in her head. It could have been her, which would be more interesting. Much but more. then you got to take Slappy to Slappy to Night of the Living Dummy number three and number four. We got to get Slappy to number three. We don't know how we're going to do it yet if this is the direction we're going. <laughs> it is hard once you, want, you write yourself into a sign of a psychological corner. It is. I mean, obviously the, yeah, it's, it's, 
the way that you're kind of explaining it is is giving the book more credit in what it could have been. Yeah. Because well, because that's what I'm saying, right? Because like, been. if the book is just about spooky doll, because mm-hmm. ultimately slappy stories are about spooky, spooky doll. doll. Spooky doll. That's the thing that like yeah. that's what you that that's what's on the tin. Yeah. What's that's on what the tin got. is spooky doll. That's the marquee. If it's just about spooky doll, then there's only a couple of ways you can make something meaningful out of that. And it very much seemed like this was the way mm-hmm. they were choosing. Mm-hmm. Or RL was, I don't know why I said they. <laughs> RL was, it felt like that's what he was trying to do here. He wanted to make a story, essentially a psychological horror, like character study about a kid who didn't feel they belonged in their family. Right. Which is a very weird and very interesting idea. It would have been very uncomfortable. It would have been really, really, like, uh, troubling. God, this book, this book, oh my God, this book could be, it's not, it's still not you good. You see why I got so mad? I, I did. <laughs> I see it now, Joe. Yeah, I see, yeah. I see you read between the lines. You I did. see you what you said. And then also with, with Danielle's sexual deviance, bringing in that adult <laughs> theme as well. Danielle's sexual deviance is in there still. It's all, I mean, she can, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, Danielle's like a truffle pig of sex stuff in kids books. Like, she can just kind of <laughs> sniff it out. I'll sniff your fingers. I'll do it. Uh, do, do, do you want to, do you want to know what this truffle pig sniffed out? Oh God. What'd you sniff out? <laughs> Here's Danielle's horny corner. What'd you, what'd you oh. sniff out? You sick freak. <laughs> you know what? Let's just, instead of fighting her on it, Joe, let's just give her a platform. Just lean in, man. All right, Danielle, tell us where's, where's your, where's your sick fucking content? This is chapter 14. And, uh. Yeah. Give us this fucking depraved content that, that our fans that crave. That we crave. Yes. So, uh. <laughs> I pointed, tri- this is just the very beginning of chapter 14. Oh, I think I see what you're going to say. <laughs> oh, fuck you, Danielle, you fucking piece of shit. You fucking I, I asshole. Didn't, I didn't clock it, but then I put on the Danielle goggles and God I did. God damn it. <laughs> We'll make it a game. We'll make it like a game for our listeners. It's like if you it's can like an find ARG. <laughs> you can hey, find listen, if you just tweet at geesebumps underscore pod, like I think this is a line that Danielle will say in a gross way. Yep, and I will do it. I will do tweet it. Tweet at Mom Hat Studios. Yep. I pointed triumphantly at Slappy. See? See? Slappy, there's just been another paint incursion. There's in, been a in paint Sarah's incident, room. yes. And the dummy sat cross-legged on the closet floor. His head stood erect on his narrow shoulders. He appeared to grin up at us. Slappy's left hand rested on the closet floor. His right hand was in his lap. Fuck you, Danielle. In his right hand, he clutched a fat paintbrush. Fucking chode of a paintbrush. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking grip in that grip grip on that he's just hanging on to that hog <laughs> looking up smiling at you because he knows you you knows you he's like like you like this don't you yeah but, well, i'm really glad this, the next line is the line that i'm gonna stop danielle at because it goes the bristles <laughs> on the brush were caked with red paint and can i say <laughs> i appreciate the restraint because it could have easily been white paint Yes. Well, or red paint is just like, red hey. Red paint is just like period sex. Yeah, it's just he's like, on his period. hey. Yeah, you know what, Danielle? It is just like that. <laughs> oh, Danielle, you sick freak. <laughs> yeah, slappy, just pervert 
fucking pervert. He's all. Come on, he's so obviously. Do we want to do we want to do the the big the big finale the last couple chapters? Yes, but there's one thing I want to bring up real quick. Okay, okay. and it's sure. a very small thing, but I think it's the first time we see it ever happen in a Goosebumps book. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What is it? So it's on. It's the very end of chapter uh, fifteen. Okay. okay. It's like the last page of chapter fifteen. Um, she's she's in bed. Uh, Amy is, and she's trying to stay alert so she can catch Slappy in the act. Uh, she says, I raised my head instantly alert and listened to scrape of feet on my carpet, a soft rustling, a shiver of fear ran down my back. I felt <gasps> goosebumps. Goosebumps. Is this the first time I in any of these books that... Did I miss that? Wait a minute. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't... Is this after she must have drifted asleep? Yeah. I must... Yeah, yeah it's after that. It's oh, literally like the last... Son it's like, God. is that the first time that we've seen Goosebumps that in? I feel like we would have clocked it before. Be. I yeah. Think, yeah. I think this is the first time that, that we've seen them actually do the name of the book in the book, which would be an easy thing because Goosebumps is like attributed to fear and spookiness and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, but yeah. it's like there was a lot of restraint. And you, I don't I don't feel like I've ever seen that before. I, you pointed I out. I feel like we would have noticed it. We would have done this, what we're doing right now, which is, oh, shit. The name of the thing. It's like that thing of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV. <laughs> what would have really gotten me is if they said geese bumps. That would have really done that it That would have really fucked Ooh, me that up. Would have blown my mind. It really would have gotten me if they would have said R.L. Stein presents classic Goosebumps, Night of the I Living Dummy 2. I felt R.L. Stein's classic kid <laughs> series, Goosebumps, Goosebumps run up and down my arms. I'd be like, hmm, mm. it's a weird ad. Is there one one more thing I can bring up? I just, uh, yeah. this is uh t- end of chapter 16 this mm-hmm. is just the description of of what it looks like when slap oh yeah i have that highlighted too <laughs> because yeah, that, it's that, wild. that to me is the start of the conclusion that's the start of the okay. climax of this, okay, okay. this would be a good, good intro to perfect it. okay even in the night blackness i could see his large rounded head i watched his skinny arms dangle at his sides the wooden hands bobbing as he moved it's me when i get ice cream in the middle of the night the heavy leather shoes slid over my carpet. <clears throat> no, no comment. The thin, <laughs> boneless legs nearly collapsed with each shuffling step. Okay, so he's like shuffling, but also in like a, an unsteady way. So like drunk. Yeah, like yeah. Drunk he shuffle. does look like a drunk child. That's yeah. what I picture. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like a scarecrow, I thought, <laughs> gripped with horror. He walks like a scarecrow. Because he has no bones. <laughs> no bones at all. <laughs> this is news to what me. What page is this? This, what is, this is the last page of chapter 16. And I had this highlighted too because... <laughs> oh my God. It's, it, yeah. it, she makes she makes allusions to scarecrows like it's a thing mm-hmm. in this book. Mm-hmm. like Or it's a common thing to be like, you know what doesn't have bones? Scarecrows. Scarecrow. You know what walks like it doesn't have bones? Scarecrow. Scarecrow. You know what also walks like it doesn't have bones is also this dummy, apparently. Peering into the light, I watched Slappy pull himself silently towards Sarah's room. The big shoes shuffled along the carpet. Slappy's body bobbed and bent. The big wooden hands nearly dragged along the floor. How big is this fucking dummy? Seriously, so he's like... Bigger than you think, huh? Yeah, apparently. Knuckle-dragging, drunk shuffler? But yeah, it's, it's, I, I feel like, I don't know, in my head, I can see a dummy moving around and the way they describe it is not exactly how I would picture it. No, it's I, not really, sc- it's kind of like you wanted to do that thing where like, 
like you watch a thing move and it moves unnaturally. Yes. yes. But yeah. but there's like I don't want to say he didn't have the vocabulary to do it, but, <laughs> but he, he just made bad choices. Yeah. Yes. Like, because it comes off as comedic rather than unsettling. It also comes off as lethargic. Like it, it's, it should have been like, like the, the, like if it was me, right. It'd be like his, his arms jerked, you know, uh, unnaturally as he like, you know, uh, crawled bent, his bent, way bent, across bent at weird angles. Yeah. Like he's a dummy. He doesn't have to like move like a person. Or, he doesn't have bones. Even more like, even more like she can't see it, but she can like hear it. Yeah. That'd be, you know, what if he walked like he was being in like invisibly puppeteered. So his, like, that would be, cool. that would be creepy. Like That's, he has strings attached you know, to him yeah. sort of still yeah. Ooh, yeah, creepy. Yeah. So, so that, so what could have been, thank what you. Could've what been, could have been alas, RIP. So, so let me get, so this is, so, like I said, like, um, get the end of chapter 18 and, and that's fun. Like that, this is like, this is why this is the climax because like this can, this is either like the confirmation that Slappy is real or the confirmation that she has completely lost her mind. Yes. And that's when Slappy just turns to her and starts talking to her. Yeah. And he and says, says the, dumb, the same dumb shit. The dumbest shit. Okay. He goes, he, at the end of chapter 18, page 97, uh, as I turned in shock, the closet door swung open. Slappy stepped out. He slumped forward and stopped a few Hello. feet in front of Hello. Him. This this would be that scene where like she's backing up and she like falls down and in terror mm-hmm. she can't stand up. And then Slappy is just slowly crawling toward her. And then its Ugh. eyes like pop up. And then it, Amy, he rasped. It's time you and I had a little talk. And I was like, oh, is he going to be, is this going to get interesting? Yeah. Are we going to have some sort of deal made here? That's what you, because this is, it's weird you say that because that's what you want to happen. Yes. Because that's what feels like it should happen. They make him too stupid is the problem. It's, yeah. Well, not even that he's stupid. It's like, it's, well, this is where its connection to the first book, like, more than anything is what derails this because this point in the first book was stupid, but it was stupid in a way that was consistent. Yes. In this book, it's stupid in a way that like destroys the story because what, what he says is Amy, you are now my slave. (laughs) Congratulations. You read the the ancient words brought me to life. You'll do everything I ask. No, no, please. He goes, yes, Amy, you're my slave now, my slave forever. She's like, I won't. Uh, why? Why? Okay, wh- I have a question. Okay, so there's a little sticky note with the words she reads, right? And this dummy is saying, "You read the words, therefore you are my slave." That's obviously not true. Exactly. So, no. like, so, so why is do he you... just lying, or does he not First know? All, why slave? Second of all, like, why? Yeah, do you, these words aren't? They're not going to put her into servitude. And Slappy goes like, I'll keep on destroying things. Maybe I'll start wrecking your brother's things and you'll get blamed for it all. And she's like, stop. And she's like, your pa-. and she's like, your parents already think you're crazy. And she's like, she's like, stop. Um, what do you think they'll do to you, Amy? And she's like, you can't. And she's like, and so he's basically saying like, I will make things worse for you yes. if you don't do everything I That's say. That's right. Which when you think about it from like the perspective of someone who is really trying to 
convince someone to work with them. Mm-hmm. Slappy mm-hmm. has taken the worst <laughs> possible bargaining. Position. He needs to be less of what he is and more Wolf of Wall Street in this yes. situation. Yeah, yeah he, he yeah. kind of needs to be coming at her with the opposite way of, right. of like he needs like, to give her something to like like a deal like he, yeah no like, he basically yeah it's basically like he needs to be making that sort of like a Faustian deal yeah. like hasn't it been great right like all these things I've been doing and then she'd be like no it hasn't he's like yes it has you hate your sister you hate your parents yeah. it's all you think about I've helped you achieve these look at these things we've done like I'm doing in this these for couple you. of he could make the he could literally say like in these past few weeks you have been more honest than you have like your whole life how yeah. fucking great is that been? right your parents are showing more concern for you and than the was- other kids right now and, and, yeah exactly and then he'd be like and look what happened the moment you started being honest through me yeah. everyone started paying attention to you and caring about you how would you like more of that and look at how your sister looks like a fool yeah your sister looks like a fool your brother looks like an idiot and now here you are like everyone respects you and is afraid of you because you're being honest through me this is why i was so mad is because like this is such an obvious thing to do. <laughs> right? It seems like it seems like that's what it wanted to do. It seemed like it was being deliberate. But it, no. it seemed like it wanted to have Slappy show up and not be the fucking stupid, you're my slave now bully right. character. He wanted to show up and be like, hey, so like let's make this official. You yeah. know, like that kind of a deal. You've already been doing it. It's already been great. Let's make this official. And then what would happen is she would she would say, I need to think about it. And then, and then she would have like she would her family would do something nice for her, and she would realize, okay, we know we have to stop the dummy. I don't know what I was thinking, and like maybe I am crazy, maybe I'm not, but I know the dummy's part of it, and I don't want it anymore. Yeah, you know that that's how this should have progressed. And I mean that that has a moral to it. That has like a nice circular sort of. Yeah, she learned something at the end. Like she she grows. There's growth. There's growth. There would be growth then. Yeah. Instead, nothing. We got it. And I know what I've been saying sounds cool, but that's not what this book had nope. in it. <laughs> nope. Nope. Literally what happens is, uh, well, I let's guess. Let's have a fist fight with a doll. She, it, it's right? let's have a fist fight first. And yeah. then she finds out that Sarah knew. Yes. Slappy this was whole real. time. Yes. Sarah Well, not the knew. whole time. Only since um, like the last uh, when he did the the big the big one yeah yeah the, when when, when like Amy Amy when he was writing Amy Amy like she saw that and then she just was like eh you so know she, what she was just like well I guess she was right I'm not gonna say shit but I guess uh, she's not crazy I was too scared to think that it maybe could be and so she let her sister hang out to dry yep just left her out high and dry yeah and which was very much the same thing that happened in the first book yep where there was two sisters. And then one of them at the end was just like, oh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I, I knew. knew. I just didn't. I just, I just, I just want to leave. It's, which is which is like fucking awful. It's so stupid. But so that so then that happens. And then they set up the fucking the most. The Rube Goldberg, the, like complicated the board game esque fucking everything has to go style. correct type of thing. The opening scene of Back to the Future fucking let's punch a doll. We have to make because at the end you're like, well, shit, they have to get the parents back on board because in the first book, the parents, none of that shit like became so elevated yeah. that, the, that the parents couldn't just be like, well, life goes on. Yeah. Like in this one, the parents are like, we're going to take you to. We're gonna lock a you psych. Up. Like we're gonna, gonna take you to get looked at. Zap you. And they had to. They had to find a way to get everybody to be like, "Oh, she was right. Slappy is alive." Yeah, and then that reveal that like the parents 
new? Yeah, so so just so we're clear, like there's kind of like this lull where she comes up with this elaborate plan off, sc- off screen. Off, off screen. screen. Yes. There's like there's like a, a couple of days pass, I yeah. think. And then like the very last part is Slappy comes out to attack <laughs> and she <laughs> runs away. Like he comes out to attack. Um, and he watches, she watches Slappy go to her sister's room. This, they knew this was going to happen. Of course. Um, and then when it gets there, this, this is what it says. This is like the very end. Like, it was all planned. Sarah and I had worked on it before dinner. Sarah convinced mom and dad to hide in the closet. Th- this I'm is why like, this is what? so wild. Yeah, which is, Sarah, why would Sarah, you, why would they even do they that? Would not do that. Sarah convinced mom and dad to hide in the closet. Mom and dad were really creeped out by the way I was acting and they were willing to do anything. Except for um, listen to me. Except for listen to <laughs> yeah. me. Sarah pretended to go to sleep. Mom and dad hid in the closet. Slappy walked in and then Jed burst out dressed as Dennis with Dennis's head propped up on his turtleneck. So basically like what we see here is at the end of this book, we, we kind of just see it happen in real time where she follows Slappy into Sarah's room who we think is Jed runs in and attacks the dummy to protect Sarah. And then the parents see it and realize, oh shit, no, the dummy was alive this whole time. And they they take it pretty well. They take it very well. Um, <laughs> they're like, we're I'm, so sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah, our bad. That, and, and that's bad, like, you. and when you read that, you're like, it's who ca- like who cares? Like it doesn't yeah. mean anything. If, well, if anything, Slappy it's goes down like like nothing. Oh like yeah, nothing. he goes down like fucking cardboard. Because you they fight him a lot, and it's like it's so he's so sturdy. He's so he's so resilient. Yeah, no, um, they tie his limbs in a knot. Yeah, which really I was like that's smart, but like and all of a sudden they have to kill him, I guess. So his head cracks open. Exactly, and then and then what happens is. Um, Th- this is that this is that last scene in the movie where like you know like they're crumpled on the floor of Sarah's room and they're all hugging because it's like <laughs> over. crying. Oh, it's fi- it's finally oh, it's over. over. It's that moment. Oh, it's finally over. <sighs> and then Jed steps in the door and he's like, "Oh, sorry, did I miss it?" And they're like, "What? You were here?" And he's like, "Nah, I just woke up." And that's the end. And then and then and then it comes like what oh, with the sickness. Yeah. I told Danielle midway through the book because I was reading it a little bit faster than she was. She was playing video games. I was. I Nerd. Well, <laughs> you right. should be reading books with us. Yeah. No. I, I told her, I was like, this is going to end with Dennis saving the day. And I was like, that's too stupid. And then it happened. And then it happened. <laughs> and they don't really describe why did it. Dennis, why, why is Dennis alive? Well, Dennis is alive because he was in the same room when they spoke the words. Which oh, apparently, is that the theory? The okay. words just bring the dummy to life, which is more stuff like, does the dummy have like a soul and personality? Does every dummy yeah. have the soul of somebody does it else? A consciousness? Is it a demon? Waiting to be woken up. What are we fucking talking about here? But like with Dennis, Dennis plays very little part in almost the entire book. So I was like, there's no reason for them to have had him unless he comes at the end and does something, which he did. So, And Dennis is alive, but apparently chill. And Dennis just ran off into the night. Yeah, Dennis was just like, peace. <laughs> Dennis, he literally, this other dummy, which is alive, runs off into the night. So now I'm curious with the next fucking book, Slappy's dead now. Allegedly. Well, the worm, the worm in Slappy isn't dead. The though. worm is still alive. Yeah, because so the, cra- the head cracks open and a worm crawls away. Yeah, it crawls into the floorboards. Yeah. So now the whole house is a dummy. Now the whole house will be possessed by Slappy's worm. It's so sad. It yeah. really it's is. It's like sad. The only reason I wanted to read this one is because I, I thought Night of the Living Dummy, the first one, was so incredible 
crazy that I was like, this one's got to be even better. Yeah, I know. I thought it would be even more wild, but Night of the Living Dummy, the first one, has some truly epic moments. Yeah, like, it does. This bangers. one doesn't. This but, one I mean, has like, if, done. In terms, if I, if I had the tier list, like werewolf skin, haunted mask, that's like S tier. This is like B tier. Yeah. B to C. Yeah. Could have been higher, but oh, it yeah. fucked up. It it could have been. Yeah. Do we want to just do the closeout now? Yeah, thank you. That felt like a natural place for it. Um, <laughs> thank you to the band Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. It's a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check them out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Geese Bumps is just one piece of comedy content from the Mom Hat Comedy crew. You can check out all the cool stuff we make at mom-hat.com. That's mom-hat.com. Uh, Geese Bumps, uh, you can get, if you want to talk to us, for whatever reason, um, you can tweet at us at geesebumps underscore pod on Twitter, geesebumps underscore pod on, is it geesebumps pod on Instagram? Yep. Geesebumps pod on Instagram and geesebumps pod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Uh, the next episode of Geesebumps is going to be coming out on, I believe it will be, do, 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 do. Next episode of Geesebumps is coming out on the 15th. Uh, I don't know what book we've decided we're going to read. Yet. Yeah. If you know, so. and here's the thing, like uh, uh, hit or miss. If there's a Goosebumps book that you're just like, oh, you got to get if this If you're one. rock hard to hear us talk about a Goosebump. Yeah. Just let us, us know. Let, let us. We'll because we're right now we're in very much sort of like a flex period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been going chronologically and then we did Night of the Living Dummy 2 as like a, a special anniversary, like... Hey, yeah. this should be yeah, fun. Yeah, that is the anniversary. This is our anniversary. Episode, yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. But like, yeah, if there's if there's a book in the geese uh, the goosebumps or Fear Street like yep. uh, archives that you're just like, this is the one. This you guys. If you we'll want, we'll read it, partner. Yeah, we'll read it unless it's like a new Fear Street that's fucking God. Unless it's boring, eight hundred pages long. I'm oh. good. Very very long. Believe long. us, we still um, want to read this in one night. Yes, exactly. Keep yeah. that keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Danielle, did you want to, do you have anything that you'd like to say about uh, our ratings? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. Do you guys, have you ever split wood before? <laughs> like, like to get like for, like for fire. Like I have, fire? I have actually. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You I've take, never done that. you take a little lump chunk of log mm -hmm. and then you put a, uh, you make it, you, you have a little crack on top mm -hmm. and you shove a little door, doorstop right in there. And then you, and then you whack it real hard with a sledgehammer. And it drives the little doorstop through the wood and it splits it in half. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a theory. And we used to live on this, uh, uh, we, we lived on a two acre eucalyptus ranch. Uh, and my dad would chop firewood because we had a wood burning stove and a wood burning spa, if you can believe it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was badass. Um, but he, so he's out there chopping wood and um, my dad is a nurse. But he, I'm clumsy. He is capital C clumsy. Like he has stepped through a glass table before is how clumsy we're talking. It's bird, bird levels of clumsy. Bird level clumsy, like smack right into the window. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so he's out there splitting wood and, um, <laughs> I hear I hear a, a yell, a shout, out out where he's at, and uh, go over there. It's like, uh, are you okay? And he's on the ground cradling his foot, because here's what this motherfucker did: he was splitting wood. He had it like 
sat up on a on a big stump and then he would swing the sledgehammer but he put his foot on the stump like i don't know as some kind of anchor or just i don't stupid. like where this is going oh yeah yeah exactly like you can see this coming a mile away as anybody probably would motherfucker he's like then he has to like peel off his shoe and his sock and his his toes are like mangled hamburger turning purple and he's just like yowling and rocking back and forth and so leave us a review okay because <laughs> what we really really need from you is just a little support five star <laughs> review five star review is great oh god um, and you know we love you just give us a little love tell a friend it's my favorite part of the show now <laughs> All I do is wait for the end. Fuck. That's the Danielle Synapse connection. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome to my brain. Well, I think the only thing that's left is to get through that final, final uh, passage. passage. Danielle, right. if you could. Here we go. Uh, we knew that would shock Slappy. We knew it would give us a good chance to grab him. We didn't know what a good job Jed would do. We didn't know that Jed would actually destroy the evil dummy. We didn't know that Slappy's head would crack apart. That was just good luck. Hey, where is Jed? I asked, my eyes searching the room. Jed! Jed! Mom called. Where are you? You did a great job! No reply. No sign of my brother. Weird, Sarah muttered, shaking her head. We all trooped down the hall into Jed's room. We found him in bed, sound asleep. He groggily raised his head from the pillow and squinted at us. Which time is it? He asked sleepily. It's nearly 11, Dad replied. Oh, no, Jed cried, sitting up. I'm sorry, I forgot to wake up. I forgot I was supposed to dress up like this. I felt a shiver run down my back. I turned to my parents. Then who fought Slappy? I asked, who fucked Slappy? <sighs> My name is Jojo. I have a PhD. My name is Danielle. I have etc. etc. My name is Jeff, and all of y'all are ugly. Hey! Hey! Oh! This has been Geesebumps, the Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Like somebody I used to